Welcome back to the Thundercast. Christian Esparza and Parker Haney coming at you today. Parker, huge news last week is uh, Delane Fitzgerald was announced as the new head coach for SEU football. I don't know about you, but I'm pumped. Yeah, absolutely. His his press conference was sweet. He looked like he's just a huge football guy. You know, he's exactly what, in my opinion, this team needs and this, this school needs, right? There were a couple of guys uh, on the team that were at the press conference and, and they were just saying how excited they were and how, you know, stoked they were to have excitement around the program again, right? It's been a long time since – since there's been really any excitement going on through SU football. So, yeah, it'll be fun. And seems that's like crazy. A stud. Yeah, he seems – I mean, I love him already. If you didn't go to his introductory press conference, you missed out because I, I literally have, like, a whole page of quotes that I yeah. wrote down. Like, he said some pretty cool stuff. But uh, that's part of the excitement that, like, a new head coach can bring to a program. I mean, obviously, SU struggled over the past four years. No more than three wins in a season. Um, in every year since uh, they won that conference title. So it, it's been rough, but you bring in this new head coach, this new guy, and he says all the right things so far. And, I mean, the way that he just composes himself, it's awesome. But let's take a look at his resume a little bit. So he most recently coached at Frostburg State University. They were a D3 school when he started there. They moved up to D2. So they were 10-1 and one in his most recent season at Frostburg. Uh, he's a three-time coach of the year, a three-time conference champion. He won a D3 bowl game with uh, Southern Virginia University, and then he's he's the winningest coach in Frostburg State history with 62 wins in, like, I think six or seven seasons. Yeah. And then on top of that, I mean, he, like I said, he coached at Southern Virginia University and Frostburg State. So two different programs. They were struggling before he got there. He turned them around to, you know, I mean, Frostburg State won 10 games like four different times, I think, under him, yeah, three I or four the, times. Yeah, I think the last four years they've won double-digit games. So it just shows, I mean, that's what gives me confidence that he has that ability to turn programs around. I mean, if he does it at one place, it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But the fact that he did it at two different schools, it's like, okay, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he knows how to get get guys excited, right? That that's the most important thing. Is it was two programs that were struggling, and then they turned into winning teams, right? And that's that's what's important is that he knows how to go from the bottom to the top. And I don't know, it's a gift that a lot of head coaches don't possess. If we're being honest, it's it's easy to win when you have a roster that's you know that's real good and real talented, but. I don't think that's necessarily what we have, especially with a lot of our best players wanting to transfer. Yep. It's he's going to come in, it's going to be fresh. I don't expect 10 wins next year. I I maybe don't even expect 10 wins in the next 2 years, but I definitely think that you know, his thing that he kept reiterating during the press conference was we're going to get 1% better every day, right? And so he's going to I truly think that that's what he's going to do with his team, you know, and we're at negative 200% right now with how bad we've been the last two years, three years. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a battle, but I think that he's going to be fun. I think that he's going to get the team excited, get the community excited. So, Yeah, it's great. And when especially a program like SEU, uh, we're moving to the WAC next season with a new head coach. So it's like a, a fresh start, like completely. And yeah. Starting from ground zero, day one, just building slowly, getting 1% better every single day. 
I love that mentality. And another another quote he said that I, I loved is he was addressing the football players there directly. He said, you guys will never be 1 in 10 again. Yeah. When he said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to play football. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. And then uh, another thing he said, too, I asked him about what he thinks about the jump from D3 to D2 and then now to D1 football, if he thinks that's going to be a challenge at all. And he said, basically, I don't have the quote in front of me, football doesn't change. Yeah. Um, whether, you know, what level competition you got to execute in all three phases and uh, just stick stick to what you know. And, and then he said, football is football is football. Yep. And that was <laughs> great too. So I'm just, I'm so excited. So excited. We're going to get him on. Um, the Thundercast, hopefully for our first episode of next semester. Yeah, I really want to get him in here and talk to him because he, he seems like a great guy, and I, I can tell he's excited to be here. So, super excited. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, yeah, you said it all. I, that is what he was saying, though. He said, "Good football is good football, right? Doesn't matter if you're playing at the D three level or the D one level. You know, like when you play good football, you're playing good football. So. Right. So fun. So on to some basketball news. Um. It's been a while since we recorded, actually, so we've got a lot to cover, kind of. Let's just go women's basketball first. Uh, the women's team split their two games since the last episode. They fell 81-47 to against Colorado. Then they rebounded against Life Pacific, 93-42 to with the win there. Uh, not a whole lot to say about those games. I think they both kind of turned out pretty much how everyone was expecting I was a little disappointed that they didn't break that uh, 50-point barrier against Colorado. Colorado had been allowing 50 points per game. I thought we could thought we could break that. We got real close, but oh well. And then um, the Life Pacific is kind of just a gimme win, kind of a confidence booster. That was a really fun game. It was like a second-grader field trip mm -hmm. at like a 12 p.m. game yeah. on a Thursday. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really weird. There was a lot of energy there from the second graders, so that was awesome. Great win there. And then they had two full weeks off, almost. Uh, they have their next game Tuesday afternoon at 3, so that's tomorrow, tomorrow by mm -hmm. the time we're recording. Um, but, yeah, that'll be a fun game, I think. Rivalry game. What do you think there? I know that we've continued to say this, but <laughs> I guess I just am not positive what the team is yet. I'm, I th I'm expecting a win. Yeah. And I'm expecting a definitive win, right? Because of what we did to Eastern Washington and Idaho, like I'm expecting us to come in and beat this Dixie State team because it's like you were saying, what we did against Colorado was pretty expected, right? Yeah. Like, sure, we wish we could have broke 50, but at the same time, that Colorado team was so good, so top much more talented. 12, yeah, top 25 school in the nation, right? Yeah, now. and then Life Pacific, we did what we needed to and beat them handedly, so – I think that this team has, has actually per performed better than we expected, but at the same time, like, now the expectation is, you know, I expect to come in and beat Dixie State pretty good. Well, and this is, like, it's not a regular out-of-conference game because it's Dixie. Yeah. I mean, some of these out-of-conference games, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just Colorado. Oh, yeah, it's just Live Pacific. But, like, these are arrivals right down the road, so it's going to be yeah. more heated than some of the conference games get, I'm expecting. I'm hoping. Um, so – Dixie State women's basketball, they're four and six on the season. They have actually also played both Life Pacific and Colorado. So looking at those scores, they lost to Colorado 78 to 53, and then they beat Life Pacific 107 to 57. So not too much of a difference there in the margins of loss and, and victory against 
similar opponents you know yeah that's the i mean that's what within like five five to seven points of both of those games right as far as you know win loss margin so yeah it should be a good one but right i mean you're expecting him to win yeah yeah, I think so. I think especially with two weeks off, I think that's going to be yeah. huge. I know that did have some more injuries though. Yeah, there there are some injuries that are going to really suck. But I mean, two full weeks off. Hopefully, they don't come out and look rusty. Yeah. I think if they lose, it'll be because of rust, and that's yeah. that's something that you don't want. I mean, right when you get ramped up for the season, then you have almost two weeks off, and then you come out and it's like, holy crap! I forgot exactly how fast the game flows. Right. But um, but you'd rather have right you'd rather have this Dixie game as opposed to just jumping into Sac right. State you know right right so at least we will have this game and as much as we want to win it's a rivalry game but at the same time it's it's you know better to have this this rust knocking game before we get into conference play exactly but I think ultimately I do agree I think it's going to be a fun game I, I'm expecting a win from our Thunderbirds on the road tomorrow. Then to the men, uh, they had a huge win over UVU. I can't believe we never even got to talk about that. And then they followed that up with the win against St. Catherine. Then uh, just barely past last Saturday on the 18th, they traveled to Ann Arbor, Michigan, against one of their toughest opponents of the year. They lost that game 87-50. to So, I don't know. I think they're ready to return home. They played Dixie State Wednesday night. That's going to be a huge game. It just sucks because it's during Christmas break and we're not going to yeah. have our student section. But definitely, a lot of students are going to be gone. Yeah, I mean, we can let's go back and start with the Utah Valley win. It definitely. was it was huge, man. I, it was a it was a big challenge. Their their big man uh, Faraz Amak is a stud, and he pretty much did whatever he wanted there for like the first seven eight minutes. Yeah. And then got a little bit of foul trouble. We stuck Mason on him. And then and then as he came in through, like, the second half of the first half and then the little bit, the beginning of the second half, kind of confusing, but he was in foul trouble and played really timid, right? Yep. And I think that Mason was really smart, really took advantage of that. And that's where we were able to kind of build our lead. And as, as Mason was working on Fardaz, it was – it was where we could, like I was saying, build our lead because he was playing so soft and so timid. And then the the last ten minutes, nine minutes of the game, Fardaz was like, "All right, I need to start scoring, otherwise we're going to lose." And you it saw immediately scary. they came storming back, and it was it was kind of wild how much of an impact he really had. And and if I'm being honest, a little bit scary to realize how weak we are. Right. In the post. Yeah, in the post. Right. Right, because as soon as he wanted to turn it on, he just turned it on, right? And as good as Mason had been playing, it didn't matter. A big man that's really skilled and really big, we're just like, – we're going to get torched by him. Like and then, Hunter and, Schofield with Dixie. Yeah, and then we saw it again the University of Michigan, right? Yep. Dickinson is, is one of the best big men in the nation, right? Yep. And he did whatever he wanted. I actually don't know what he finished with, but I know he had like 20 in the first half, so – yeah, and it's crazy. I love that you mentioned that you're not the only person who saw. Like, Amac literally flipped a switch, and there were, I'm not kidding, three possessions back to back to back where he just backed Mason down and then hit a, a turnaway floater. Yeah. 
and yeah. like and everybody knew he was gonna do it. It was crazy. Yeah, everybody in the gym knew he was gonna take that shot because he was the only one on their team making shots. Yeah, and we couldn't do anything. We even sent a double, and the double worked occasionally, right? Which is what I think we're gonna have to go to eventually. We're just gonna have mm -hmm. to be able to double team big guys. I'm interested to see what we do Wednesday night because Schofield had a 30 piece against us last time we played. So I'm interested to see what we do Wednesday as far as Schofield goes. But either we're going to have to double or just say, Malik, come in here and foul Schofield five times, right? Yeah. Whatever you do, don't let him finish. You send him to the stripe, send him to the stripe. But that ball doesn't get above his head, right? You just hack him. And I, I don't know, maybe that would work. but And then at the same time, offensively, like, you just hope you can get him in foul trouble. The same thing we did to Fardaz, right? Yeah. Send J.K. straight into Schofield's mouth every single time, right? Well, and that's tell, what tell John Knight, hey, I need seven drives from you in the first ten minutes of the game jumping straight into Schofield. Yeah. I don't care if you get a couple offensive fouls. As long as he gets three defensive fouls, then we're chilling, right? And that's what kind of worked against UVU. And, I mean, it's kind of the story of their season so far, like – when they get cold from the outside, it's just let's give it to John at the top of the paint and let him just drive yeah. in there and do his crazy stuff, and it works, and it's fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's how they that's how they ultimately beat UVU offensively. So, yeah. big game. And I also do want to give – I know I just talked about Mazin giving up some buckets defensively, but offensively, I mean, Mazin had – a yeah. tremendous shooting game. Yeah, he was, he was phenomenal in this he game. He hit big shots all over – like all over the court. Uh, for mid-range from three, he grabbed a lot of rebounds. Harry had a great game as well. Uh, that was just – it was a great game. After the after the game, the student section stormed the court, lifted John Knight above their heads. That was fun. That was Debo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he, like, put him on top of me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, Mays, Mays had a really good game. He went 6 of 15, only 3 of 10 from three, actually. I didn't realize, but – the, the, the shots he his, hit. Yeah, his big. last two threes were huge, right? Yeah. It was in the middle of Fardalas doing what he was doing, going on his run, and Mays would come down and knock down a three, and it was – I mean, it was massive. I honestly don't know if we win that game without the student section because it yeah, got, it got loud in there. And there was a point – I don't know what player it was. One of the UVU players missed all three of his free throws. Yeah. He missed down all the stretch. three of them. It was wild. He was easily their best shooter, and he missed three straight free throws. That was crazy. So – Great win there. Huge confidence booster. They are a future whack rival. Um, then they turn around. They beat St. Catherine pretty handily, like you said, 100-61. Yeah. to 61. Good rebound game there. But let's talk about to Wednesday night, not tomorrow. Wednesday night, Parker. We have Dixie State coming in for a rematch. We already played them earlier in the season. Uh, it was really early in the season. Before the men's team went on their long road trip and uh, lost, to lost 76 to 83. 76 to 83. So we already touched on a little bit. Hunter Schofield, the big man for Dixie State, he kind of had a game. 30 points in the paint. And, I mean, on the other end of the floor, we just struggled offensively shooting the ball. I mean, Tevian Jones had a horrible shooting night. Yeah, Tev went one of thirteen and one of nine from three. He had he had one field goal. He still finished with seven points because he was four or five from the stripe. But yeah, I mean it was it was it was the reason I'm so hopeful for this game is because the first time we played him, we were trying to figure out who we were. Yeah. Right? Like we were trying to figure out what our offense and what our best lineup was entirely. And now I think that we've we've really got it figured out. 
the other important thing though is is I forgot about this. Schofield did foul out at the end of the game. He he ended up fouling yeah, out right at the end. I do he, remember that. Yeah, so he still had twenty nine on twelve of nineteen, right? So he was just really efficient and just and just torched us. And it wasn't necessarily a ton of back to the basket moves. He had a few on Spurge right. where he would like actually go one on one, but it was mostly on like pick and roll and he's he just had open layups he was cutting back door he was our big guys were stepping over which means it was it was bad team defense right it's not like Spurge just got his butt kicked right it was like the whole team was struggling stopping their guys one-on-one so then Spurge had to step over and help and then Schofield was getting easy layups on the backside, right and it's it so it's gonna be I think it's gonna be an entirely different game because of We've just learned a lot. I think we're a lot better team defensively than we were when we first played this team. Um, and then, but at the same time, right? Like, the only reason we should have lost by a lot, the only reason we were even in the game was because Dre went five of eight from three and had 19 points, right? He Dre kind of shot us back into the game. So, yep. and then John there at the end had a good effort and then he had to go out with cramps. Yeah, he was cramping. He finished with 20, but. Yeah, Dre and John definitely had huge games. Looking at the box score, though, another thing that killed us, in the first half we went 2 of 10 from three-point range. Yeah. we we, second half we came back and went 7 of 16. So that's 43% in the second half compared to 20% in the first half. I don't – I mean, we're definitely not as good at shooting the three as we were last year. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that number's just going to keep going up. Yeah. If I'm being honest, I think think – it's going to level out at some point, but it's going to go up from there's wherever no we're reason, at right now, yeah, 33% no or whatever. Yeah, shooting 40%. Yeah. And I think that's that's going to be huge. And then you take in the factor. I know that we're not going to have a big old student section like we did against UVU. I'm expecting a little bit, but um, Yeah, I but mean, they're not going to have their big student section either. Right. Ultimately, it's going to be a home game for us. And yeah. I I would take that nine times out of ten a home game in a in a rematch. Yeah, I, I yeah I'd take us nine times out of ten there. Yeah, if I if I'm being honest, I'm I'm predicting a, a seven or eight point victory. I would yeah. put the line at at us by eight. Um, I just think we're a completely different team, and obviously they've grown as well. But I don't know. I just think we looked so bad when we played them the first time mm. that it's like we literally can't play any worse. And we were still in the game at the end, you know? Yeah, so. I agree totally there. I think, I mean, you pretty much said it. We didn't know who we were when we first played them, but yeah. now we do. Now we're kind of – I know the loss against Michigan was ugly. Nobody was expecting a victory there, so I don't think as far as confidence that should do anything. Just yeah. kind of forget about and we that def- Yeah, we definitely wanted a better effort, but yeah. – Just look at the UVU and the St. Catherine game. We're riding hot yeah. off of those games, and I think that's what matters more. So – Yep. Next up after that, <clears throat> uh, that's it the rest of this week. And then December 30th, conference play starts. Uh, yeah. Sac State for both teams. Men are home, women are away. So that'll be fun. Um, we probably won't be able to talk about it until the semester starts. But, I mean, conference starts yeah, after, well the, the after men, these games. Yeah, the men have a long home stretch. So we'll be, we'll be coming on and, and talking about it. But they go the 30th, they're home, Sac State. Then the 1st, they're home, Northern Colorado. The 6th, they're home, Portland State. And the 8th, they're home, NAU. So we got four home games in a row. Um, and, and it'll be it'll be fun. I'm excited. I, I, I'm, I, <laughs> the streak is going to be put to the test, man. Yeah, I was going to say. Those, those are, t- those are uh, I guess, technically it's four home games 
um, for conference home games, and we have the Dixie State game right. on Wednesday. So SU it's going to be eighteen and zero at home. Well, not and you know, we've won eighteen, 18 straight at home. Yeah, eighteen straight wins at home. So that's huge. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, yeah, that'll be fun to talk about as we go on. But uh, that's about all we have for the Thundercast this week. Our next episode will probably be out on the tenth. We'll record on the 10th, have it out on the 11th. So, yeah, we'll have all those games to talk about by the time we record again. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.